Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Evan. Welcome to another episode of the 195 Stamps Podcast. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know I just got back from China and South Korea. A little mini Asian tour. So going to be talking about that process of getting the trip together, how it came about, you know, what was going on over there, and a couple of tips for you if you ever plan on going to China and South Korea. All right? Yo, so it's been a minute. I apologize for that. But you know, things come up. You know, life gets in the way. Can't always record when you want to record. Uh, that that might be no excuse for a, I think it's been like three months maybe since the last podcast or so. But who's counting? Don't judge me. Don't Don't you dare judge me. You all have your own lives to lead. So don't be worried about me my podcast and my life because you know we here now but I'm, I'm gonna be more consistent i promise this this will not become a habit but for real it was it was a lot going on and in that lot going on was this trip to china trip to south korea so i think uh, i think i might have mentioned it on one of the earlier podcasts maybe january or so before i went on my uh unexplained hiatus but you know i saw a uh, a flight deal Delta, where I was able to use around, I think it was 40, 50,000 sky miles to book um, a trip to to China, Atlanta, the Beijing round trip. And I was actually able to get that on the, you know, treated myself a little bit since I knew it was going to be a solo trip. Went ahead and booked the, the, the premium economy seat, which is, uh, you know, I guess kind of like a business class, one step up from coach one step back from you know delta one first class it was cool though i was glad i did you know had a little bit more room nice little bit of recline um you know it was all good but if anybody hasn't been to china going i mean it's kind of a it's kind of an issue you need a visa all right that visa costs around 200 some dollars and you know obviously the price is, is a sticking point for a lot of people because shit it was for me. If I hadn't bought that ticket already or spent those sky miles on it, I might have pulled out because really the only reason I wanted to go was to see the Great Wall. I, I've never heard anybody talk about China, you know, Beijing anyway, and just be like, oh, it was so great, da-da-da-da. Like, you know, you hear it about Shanghai, a little bit about Hong Kong, but, you, you know, too many people don't really, don't really be in China like that, you know, so... Had to go ahead, bite the bullet, get that visa, you know, print out all these forms, put your life story on there. And then it's, you know, it's kind of weird. So I live in Atlanta and the visa office is probably about a 20, 25 minute drive from me. Right. So it's in this little area called Shambly. So I drive up there and I'm looking at my GPS and it's telling me it's this building, you know, over to my right. I'm looking at the building. I'm like, man, this look, this look kind of. Mm, no, this look kind of weird, you know. So I pull in this little building. This it looks abandoned. If we being real, it's like a, an abandoned office building. So you know, I pull up, hop out, go in there. You know, it's got the dim lighting. The elevator look like it may or may not work. It smells just like old mothball. It's just it's not a great look. So you know, to the Republic of China, if I can offer you one piece of advice, if you listen to this. Go ahead and send some money over. Upgrade your uh your staff over here in the Atlanta office. So anyway, go in there 
And funny enough, they had a white girl working the desk at the the Asian, um, like passport place. I figured they'd keep it all, you know, in the in the diaspora and just keep it with you know an Asian chick working there. That's neither here nor there. So you know they you know ask you a few questions, take your visa. I mean, take your passport. You know, you, you come back a few days later, get your visa. It's cool. But one thing that I really was struggling with on the way there was finding something to do. You know, in Beijing, really, if we're being honest, it's the Great Wall, it's Tiananmen Square, the Forbidden City. Like, that's pretty much it um, as far as stuff to do around Beijing. It's, you know, I'm sure you could get lost in some little, you know, in the culture and some back alleys and find some real traditional like real ethnic shit to do, but that that just wasn't me. This is a solo trip, you know. I like to immerse myself in the culture, but like there's a there's a floor, there's a floor of immersion. Like I don't want to get down into the area where nobody speaks English and everybody is staring at you with like a hostile type of you know disposition. Because in China they're gonna stare at you regardless. Um, people, you know, the state controls their media, so they don't really see a lot of uh, non-Asian, non-Chinese people in real life. Um, so you can be walking around and encounter somebody who's never seen a black person, never seen a white person before. And they not really that sneaky with taking pictures. Like they'll pull the phone out and put it right in your face. Don't even ask you. I, I really feel like personal space is a Western concept because there is none there. They run up to you. You know, they might ask you for a picture or they might just stand next to you and grab you by the shoulder and try to take a picture with you, um, which which did happen. You know, not that I have any, you know, I'm not saying it's, oh, what was me or what was celebrity. But I kind of get why they don't really like people just taking pictures of them right there just sneakily. Like, it, it's kind of weird feeling like, hey, bro, chill. Like, come ask me for a picture. I'm, I kind of don't want to do it, but, you know, it feels a little better than you just... Sneaking a, a picture of me with your with your phone, like, come on, get off the creep shit, like that's weird. So you know it's 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 okay over there. So if you you know if you want to get over there and really experience uh, the culture, Beijing, you know it's 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 a good place for that. But the thing that that surprised me about Beijing was, and this is gonna sound kind of ignorant, but you know traveling expands horizons, so it's not really ignorant. But stay with me. It was a lot different than I expected because. It was so, I, I don't think uh, modern is the right word to use. Not modern, but it was just so vastly regular, right? Because over here, when we think about China, obviously you think about, you know, a communist country. We know that everything is made in China. You know, we know that they have, you know, a lot of technology. I, I didn't think they'd be in you know, horse and buggy or nothing like that, but like, it literally looks like a city you could throw anywhere in America. You know, buildings, houses, apartments, shops, malls, all that shit. Like I, I was I was expecting it to be a, a, a lot more um, just kind of gray. Like, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of thrills. But, you know, Beijing looks like. Beijing looks like. It's not that, you know, it's not that fun. Um Maybe I'm sure I missed some things and somebody's probably gonna be like, what are you talking about? Beijing is lit. Okay. Well, it was lit for you, but for me, eh, it was all right. And that's why I was only there for like 48 hours. You know, I got there, got to my hotel, stayed at this Hilton 
over, um, I think it was Wang Fujing is the name of the uh, area. You know, it was a real nice Hilton over there. You know, they upgraded, upgraded your boy's room, so I had a nice little uh, palatial suite. You know, I couldn't be mad at that. But, you know, it was, it was a cool area, but I was only there for a few minutes. You know, I went, did the Great Wall. Great Wall is really nice. Great Wall is nice. It's um, it's actually not as high as I was expecting it to be, or as wide. But I mean, it did the trick for them, you know. Aside from Genghis Khan, but I'm not here to be a history teacher. Look that up if you if you if you're not familiar. But you know, it did the trick. It was cool. You know, I got my little photo op. You know, saw some. Uh, you know, that's where I saw the most foreigners. Saw a couple black people. Gave them the obligatory head nod. You know, and then came on back to the hotel. Um, but you know, Beijing was okay. Now, from Beijing, took the took the train uh, back up to the airport and took a flight to Seoul. Now, the 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 thing that Asia has is their their subway system is is really easy to use. Like you can take that anywhere, um, and a lot of the signs are in English. So they really they really looking out for the for the foreigners, um, and it's dirt cheap because their airports are far as hell from the city. Um, but you know, got to the airport. Killed some time a little bit. Was starving. I think I only in the in the I was in Beijing for about three full days. I think I ate maybe three or four times. Like I I was so busy, so tired, and wasn't trusting some of the food. So I I just really chilled. So you know I get to the airport. I'm hungry. You know, cop the KFC meal, standard. You know, safe fried chicken. Hop on the flight to. Uh, to South Korea, flew Air China. Air China is nice. Um, it's, it's nice. It gets the job done. You know, real, uh, real nice flight attendants over there. Uh, they they looked out for me because they knew I didn't know what the hell was going on. So you know, I land in uh land in Seoul, get there. You know, on a Friday afternoon, it's pretty nice. You know, take the train from the uh, from the airport down to uh, to the city. You know, I'm. Check out the YouTube channel. Um, in the next couple of days, I'm going to be uploading a video just talking about how uh, to get around uh, China, Seoul, um, some, you know, some tips for some apps and stuff to download, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's coming on the YouTube channel. But anyway, so I get over to Seoul and take the train down, get to the subway station, walk out, walk to my hotel. As I'm walking to my hotel, I can already like the vibe is different. Like you get the soul, you see you see the vibes. Like it's just different. It's real. If anybody's ever been to Tokyo, it's very similar to Tokyo. If you haven't been to Tokyo, you've been in New York. It's similar to New York, except it doesn't smell like piss, and you don't feel like you have to be on your guard twenty four seven. So almost nothing, nothing like New York, but the most similar uh, American facsimile to New York. If you get what I'm saying. But Seoul is dope, man. Like, super dope. Like, you can just walk around, you know, experience the culture. The food is good. You know, go through there and, you know, they got hella little shops and boutiques that you can just run through. You might be walking down the street where it don't look like nothing and boom, you know, a high fashion boutique pop out of nowhere. You walk in there and they got all types of, you know, nice clothes, shoes, stuff like that, if that's your vibe. Or, you know, I was walking around one part of town and just kind of, you know, exploring whatever. And see this building that looks kind of like 
from the outside, it has like a, a jungle type of vibe, like with a tree, exposed wood, you know, some some tree branches. Like it, it was real dope. So I walk in there and um, it's like a little like an indoor flea market. They got like little goods and 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 all types of random shit on the first floor. And you go to the second floor, it's a bookstore that's got all types of um, Asian and uh, also some American books. And then you go on the third floor and it's like a cafe and the cafe has a nice little vibe to it. It's basically like what urban outfitters would be if urban outfitters catered towards a crowd above 23 years old. That that's what it's, it's urban. Like when you grow out of urban outfitters and you're in Seoul, this is the place you go. They need to bring it here and just connect it to like a, a urban outfitters and then check your ID. And once you like, Oh, okay, you're 25, you've graduated to the adult version of this. So here you go. You have access now. Like, that's what it was. It was dope. So, you know, check that out. Um, if you ever in Seoul, I don't know where it is, but if you're walking around, uh, you know, a neighborhood there and you see a building like I described, walk in there because shit is lit. Look, I wish I had a better description for you, but, you know, I already told you, don't come here if you're looking for uh, specific do's and don'ts. You know, general travel inquiries and and information is what I'm giving you. You know, I ain't got addresses. So, you know, I walk out of that place and then I see like right next door is another cool little building. Um, And Hyundai, like the people that make the cars, Hyundai, they have like a cooking school there. And on the first floor, it's multi-level. Everything there is multi-level. So, you know, multi-level, you walk in and they're selling like, um, uh, cooking supplies, books, um, you know, like whisks, um, you know, bread maker, all that type of stuff on the first floor. And the second floor is like the like an open cooking area. Something like you see on like one of those chef cooking shows or something like that. So they got that over in the in the second floor and it's dope and you pay like a, a fee, you get a membership card and you go in there and they like teach you cooking classes and stuff. And on the third floor again is a little cafe area but it's outside with like a little view. So it's it's dope, man. Like you can really go over to 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 Seoul and have a good time, right? And you know, another thing about Seoul is you know we got a big military presence over there. There's a big um, military base. I know it's got like some naval folks. Uh, I'm assuming Army, Air Force, Marines, all that. But you know, so it's got a lot of Western um, influence over there as well. And you know, I saw a lot of you know Americans have gone over there and opened businesses. Um, so you know, I went through. Uh, saw a couple went to this place called uh, Southside Southside Parlor. I think is the name of it. Real nice, uh, nice bar. It's it was right by the hotel I stayed. At. I stayed in uh, an A loft, and uh, I think it was Myundong is the name of the uh, the area. Um, but side note, if you are looking to stay somewhere in Seoul, like that's a real good area. Right by um, buses, right by trains, you can catch a. Um, a taxi if you like like it's a, it's centrally located you can get everywhere fairly quickly but you know i go in this bar it's like on the third floor walk in there it's a weird little little vibe then i get off the elevator and go in there and it's dope it looks like something that would be in you know wherever your city is in the trendy part of town it looks like a bar that could just be right in there they had nice little craft drinks uh nice little ambiance so it was, it was dope they had two street fighter arcade games if you into that um, so it was, it was nice. Had, had a nice little selection of rap playing, you know, the, the food was good. So, you know, you get you some libations, some vittles, 
you know, chill, have a good time. It was it was a real dope spot. And uh, if you're looking to kind of get away from Korean food, because you know, I was over there for a week, um, which isn't a long time, but also at the same time is a long time. And eating Asian food every day just really wasn't the vibe that I was looking to to curate for my stomach. Because, shit, I don't even eat Asian food here seven days a week. So I know I'm not going to go over there and eat it all seven days a week. But, you know, to that point, it was a spot also over, um, I think it was kind of adjacent to Gangnam. Uh, and it was called Gusto Taco. Real good. Now, it was like baseline level, it was good. I'm going to say it was real good, but I don't like, so you got to take that with a grain of salt because I don't know if it was real good because I haven't had any, you know, westernized food in such a long time that damn near anything was going to be real good or if it was real, like just legitimately like good as Mexican food. But in any case, you go there, you're going to enjoy it. You know, went up in there, it's owned by this dude from New York. Um, and, you know, when I was looking for places to, to eat, to visit there around Seoul, I saw on TripAdvisor, like, hey, you go to this place, the owner going to talk to you. So just be prepared. So I was like, you know, it ain't nothing, you know, whatever. I'm with my little conversation. Um, but the owner is like this guy um, who moved from New York. And he said he worked at like some hedge fund as like CIO, CTO, you know, some some capacity like that. Quit that job or does it part time, whatever, then came over, started this uh, this business, you know, got his family working there. It looks like so it's, it's a nice spot, though. Um, it's real relaxed. It's got like a um, a Chipotle, um, Qdoba, Moe's, Willie's kind of vibe. But, you know, the food is really good. Quesadillas, pork tacos, all of that. Like the food is good over there. So, you know, if you in Seoul, definitely check out Gusto Taco if you're looking to get uh, a bit of a switch up from just Korean food. Now, Korean food is good, too, but, you know, sometimes you you, you want to switch it up a little bit. So did that, walked around some more, checked out some stores, um, you know, went on a little tour of the city. Tour of the city was cool. You know, it was it, it was funny. I, um, I was one of the only uh, Americans on the tour. And there, was, there was some other Americans uh, there, well, people who lived in America, but they were... Um, they were service members, so I think they were stationed somewhere else, like maybe in, like it just got the soul or uh, in some other part of, of the world. But I was the only person that lived in America currently. And it's funny when you're one of the only Americans around and people ask you, like, so what's, they're trying to take a, check the temperature on Trump when you are, you know, out of the country. And it's always weird because it's all what I've seen, and this has happened to me uh, more than once now, is this idea that like Trump is only fucked with in America tough. Like, nah, I'm, I've met a couple of Europeans that are like, you know, he's on to some things with the, you know, the not letting immigrants in and, you know, the, you know, America, you know, country running a country is like a business, so. It's, it's always interesting to meet those type of people and, and try to see where they're coming from. Um, now, if you're paying attention to the news, you know, France, um, England, they're kind of going through something similar with, uh, with you know, immigration in their country. But, again, this ain't a political podcast. Just something to think about. But, yeah, it, it is really interesting for, for people to ask me about that um, over there. And, you know, when you think about that, 
And then kind of juxtapose that with being in a completely different country uh, with a completely different um, political system, you know, as somebody who's traveling solo, it's it's an eye opening experience, man, because, you know, we for China, for example, like they're a communist country, like people don't have really, they, they have an illusion of choice, but they don't really have a choice. You know, their you know, they, their social media is uh, state run. You know, they can't get on a lot of, um, you know, websites and stuff like that, do their own research, figure things out. Um, have access to the same amount of literature um, and the same breadth of literature that we do here. So, you know, for all of, you know, stu- you don't know how good you got it, you know, a lot of the times until you, until you see. But, you know, speaking of that, so they got this, this social media over there called WeChat. And WeChat, again, surprise, surprise, uh, owned, run, and operated by the Republic of China. And I was talking to this guy who in the airport on my way from um, Beijing back to America. I was talking to this guy. He was from Pakistan. And the the, fl- the flight at the gate next to mine was going to Islamabad, which is a major city in Pakistan. It was a MAGA, MAGA lover's like worst nightmare. All the Muslim dudes and their traditional garb um, just, you know, living their best uh, Muslim life. It was it was kind of funny looking at some of the people at the gate, how they were looking at that gate and how that gate was looking at ours. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But so I'm talking to this guy. Um, I can't remember his name. Name isn't important. But I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm from America, blah, blah, blah. I'm from, uh, from Pakistan. We're talking. And he's like, yeah, I don't really know much about America. And uh, he's like, where are you going to? I said, Detroit. He was like, Detroit. What's what's that? And it's, yeah, I was like, all right. So he really don't know shit about America. But um, you know, he was a nice guy. Was telling me that he's over there, uh, going to college, uh, you know, getting his degree in business. You know, nice, nice kid. So we get to talking. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't have my VPN, or I would add you on Instagram. But do you have WeChat? And I'm like, of course I don't have WeChat. Like, why would I want that? And so he pulls his phone out and he's showing it to me. Y'all, this this WeChat shit is wild. Like wild is one app and the whole interface basically controls like everything in your life. Like everything you have is in that one place. Imagine, so imagine opening Facebook and there being a section, of course, for your social media. Uh, so you can post pictures, interact with friends and family, all that. Imagine being another section where you have like QR codes and barcodes that you can pay for shit. So, you know, you go to 7-Eleven, you go to Quick Trip, you go to uh, Kroger, Ralph's, your local convenience store. Boom, you pay for your groceries, you pay for your gas, you pay for a sandwich, you pay for a coffee, all with the barcode within your Facebook app. And then, boom, you move to the next section and it's like a link to your bank. So you can see how much money you have. You can send money to friends and family. They can send money to you, stuff like that. And then another app, you know, section for, you know, like a group me or a group chat type of um, type of section where you can talk to your friends and stuff. But literally all that is in one app run by the government. So if you fuck up, like they already know, like who your friends are. If you do some crazy shit, they can go holler at them. They can cut your money. Up. Like it's it's way too much. Like we don't that type of government control is wild. Um, so yeah, we, 
I'll stick with my Instagram. We talk about privacy uh, concerns over here, but it's it's all fun and games until you have no privacy at all, like it is on WeChat. But that was crazy. And and you know, one of the things that that was interesting is if I had been with somebody, like I said, this is a solo trip. If I had been with you know a friend or whomever. I probably wouldn't have talked to him and been able to to have that interaction, just getting his thoughts, you know, on on WeChat, on being a foreigner in China, living in China, um, what it's like day to day. And I really feel like that's what the travel, the solo travel experience is all about, you know, being able to get out, interact with people, be within your own thoughts, because that's something that you, you know, we don't necessarily always have time to do here. It's always go, go, go. Right. You got to go to work. You got to go to school. You got to go interact with friends. You got to go interact with family. You know, when you get home after all that's done, you know, you can kind of chill for a minute. But all right, what am I going to do tomorrow? What do I have left to do for the day? What do I need to do for this, that, the third? So, you know, if you have the opportunity to take a solo travel trip, it's definitely something I recommend, man. Like, it's really cool to get out there um, and just experience yourself. You don't have to be on anybody else's schedule you can go and come as you please, eat where you want to. You don't have to take any other considerations uh, from a group, from friends that you might be with. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something that I recommend. Um, so so get out there. Definitely hit Seoul. If Seoul is not on your, your travel list, your travel list is trash and misguided. Seoul needs to be on there. I, I need to get back over there. Like, that's how that's how dope it is. So I'm I'm definitely getting back over to uh to Seoul. And that's you know that runs into my pro tip for the for the day. Put Seoul on your travel list. And if you have not done it, put a solo trip on your to-do list, on your bucket list. This was my third one. Um so I did Cuba for my 30th, which was <laughs> if you listen to the podcast before, you know that was almost an abject disaster. I did Whistler for my birthday. Uh, around four or five months ago, uh, solo little ski snowboard trip, had a great time. And then this China slash South Korea trip was, was the last one. So it was, you know, it's definitely something that you all need to put, you know, on your list. And, uh, you know, if it's not on the list, please make sure and get it there. Cause it's something that we all need to do. All right. So, you know, I ain't going, I promise you, I will not wait another uh three months before i put another uh podcast out that's not gonna happen again you know i'm 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 gonna get it i'm gonna get it together all right so i think matter of fact in the next podcast i'm gonna be talking to somebody who's gone on one of those curated like travel noir uh trips so you know i'm gonna be talking to him for a minute and also we got another uh trip about solo podcasts uh excuse me not solo podcasts solo travel with one of my homegirls who went to um who went to Egypt. So, you know, we it's 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 coming up. We we got a lot going on. All right, I'll talk to y'all later.